Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Podcast today, where we talk about reaching our young adults in the world we're living in today. Today, I'm joined with Josiah, my husband and co-host, like always. Happy Friday, Josiah. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. I literally hear people mowing their lawn right now, so we know it's the dawn of a new day. How are you? <laughs> I'm Micah. <laughs> hey, everyone tuning in in your cars on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, um, wherever you're listening, we just want to say thanks out of the billions of podcast episodes that exist out there. Thanks for listening to this one. Thanks for choosing mm-hmm. this day. It's a great day. And man, um, Mike, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad the sun is shining. Let's just say I, I know that we're, this is probably airing in the fall, but summer in my heart really hasn't even started yet, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> But we're here today with an amazing guest and a friend of ours who's um, been in my life probably for the last five, almost six years. Um, and obviously for Josiah, a little longer just due to, due to the fun dynamics of that story. So I'll be able to hear more about that as this probably goes on. But Josiah, would you be willing to share our special guest behind the scenes today? For sure. I'd be honored. Um, Stephanie McDonald joins us today. And Steph is the worship pastor at Discover Church. She and her husband, Micah, also lead MAC Ministries. MAC Ministries is a 501c3 nonprofit, which is all about the go. And in the last two years, um, they started this ministry and preach and lead worship all over the country, all over the nation, all over the world. And it is an amazing Mm -hmm. ministry that we have just been able to watch and witness the birth from the prayer room into really the nations. And so Steph is also a really dear friend of ours. Mike and Steph are literally some of our best friends. Um, I'll just share a quick personal story is this. I remember meeting Steph for the first time because I was friends with a guy by the name of Micah Mack. <laughs> Not to be confused with me, Micah Canale now, right? Right. There's girl Micah and boy Micah, so exactly. don't be confused. <laughs> exactly. So Micah McDonald, he was one of the youth pastors at our church, and I was graduating high school and friends with Micah, and he said, Josiah, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend. And I meet Steph for the very first time. <laughs> right away after, Steph walks away, and I was like, Micah, are you going to marry her? And they had been on like, you know, they had been dating for a little bit, but I just realized how beautiful Steph was and how Micah, don't mess this up. And he didn't mess it up. And they've been married and just great dear friends of ours. She led worship at our wedding. She led worship at the first Young Adults Today conference. And we're just honored to have you here, Steph, today. Thanks for joining us. So good to be here. Thanks, you guys. I'm seriously so honored amongst all the worship leader friends that you guys know that you'd ask me. So honored and humbled and just love you guys to the moon and back. Just amazing. And it's so fun to see now you guys as parents. It's just so fun. So thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for saying yes. Yes. So good. We're excited to have some time with you together, Steph, and for our audience to just get to hear what God's Mm -hmm. Um, do it in your life, in your heart, in your soul, and to share that with others. Yeah, so we're just going to kick off right away, Steph. Hopefully you're ready. Love it. Get your coffee. Let's do it. I hope for a protein shake <laughs> I, or something. I do have my coffee this morning. Hallelujah. There we go. Cheers right Thank here. You. 
Oh, okay, right. All right, Jeff. So we're going to kick it off with the first question, and we're going to start with your story and journey of life, faith, marriage, and ministry. Can you share with our audience and give yes. us a glimpse into that that process of of your life, I guess, more or less? Yeah, awesome. I'll just kind of tell you, yeah, my life. So I grew up in a family of six. There were six of us. I had three older sisters, my mom and dad, obviously. Um, grew up in small town, Wisconsin, Chippewa Falls. And actually, fun fact, my parents are closing on their house today as we speak. Basically, Yay. a couple hours here. Yep. So um, fun adventure uh, for them. But yeah, grew up um, in a family that loved Jesus. And my parents brought me to church, um, you know, week in, week out. We never missed a Sunday unless we were just deathly ill. And so um, church was always a huge value in our family. And one of the cool things is that my mom and dad, um, they got just radically saved. I mean, they got saved in the Jesus movement, which is a powerful thing. And my, my dad met Jesus and encountered his Holy Spirit on a sidewalk and wow. said, okay, God, I'm going to live for you. And so um, that's a story for another day, but just powerful things. My mom was the one that was praying for my dad to get saved. And so anyway, there's so much to unpack there, but grew up, um, um, loving and doing music with my family kind of my whole life, um, which is huge. And then just my kind of my journey of faith. When I was four, I gave my heart to Jesus at a family Bible camp um, midweek in the middle of July, I'm pretty sure. And um, loved Jesus, you know, that kind of thing. But then in, in junior high and high school, I just started battling depression and anxiety. And um, Jesus met me, actually. I, it wasn't until I was really married. Uh, I went to a retreat and God set me free from that. And it's a powerful thing. And his word uh, is alive and active. And um, it's the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that was the thing that um, God's word was trans transformational in my life. And so I'm thankful for his word that um, he has made available to us. And so, um, yeah. God can heal you from anxiety and he can heal you from depression and several other things, but I won't go into that because that's a story for another day. Um, but I'm just thankful for God's grace and I'm thankful for his church for being people that um, live out uh, the love of Christ and um, being accepting and loving and gracious and um, all of all the wonderful things. So uh, I met Micah at North Central University. Woo -woo. And, um, you. Go Rams. Yes, he first saw me in the registrar's office, and he said I was wearing a pink sweater with ruffly collar, which I remember what it is, and pinstripe black pants, and said, she's the gal, and we ended up having two classes that, together that next semester, and it was just kind of game over, so he won me over, uh, got married a couple years later, and now we've got two kiddos, Everly and Malachi, and they are just the loves of my life, and I just couldn't imagine my world without them. It's just fun, sometimes challenging, but more often not uh, fun, so that's my life. That's my life in a nutshell. It's fun. It's so, so fun to hear about your life, your journey, mm -hmm. the, the yeah. family that God's blessed you with mm -hmm. from... Mm -hmm. Even Lori to your, you know, yeah. your parents, your siblings, uh, yeah, yeah, and and then also Everly and Malachi, and mm -hmm. you mentioned something which I think ties in perfectly to our next question. Mm -hmm. I won't blab too long, but you talked about depression and anxiety, and when I was praying over this episode specifically, mm -hmm. even last night, I've been reading in First Samuel, and First Samuel, you know, Hannah, she prays for a son. And then she, she has a son, dedicates him to the Lord, Samuel. 
Samuel grows up learning to hear the voice of God from Eli and eventually takes over as the prophet, really, mm. um, for Israel. He anoints the first king, which is Saul, and Saul begins to be tormented by a, an evil spirit. Mm. And I, I think maybe perhaps could have been similar to depression, could have been similar to anxiety, could have been just an evil spirit too. That there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. But one of the things mm -hmm. that helped him was a song in the night. David, mm -hmm. this young little shepherd boy, he, he was sent into the king's palace mm -hmm. and played the harp. Mm -hmm. And one of the only things that consoled Saul's soul mm -hmm. was a song in the night and this harp mm -hmm. and this song, this melody, and listening to Louis Giglio share mm. about, you know, putting an X through anxiety and mm. his comeback story from anxiety and depression, and even Goliath must fall. He talks about openly anxiety and depression and God gave him a song in the night. And I mm. think that there's such a powerful thing that a melody worship it can be a weapon right. and so yep. man i'm fired up to what you're about to say knowing what god's just dropped in my heart what a big so thing. worship can be a weapon and mm -hmm. when we talk my wife and i micah she says like hey you can worry about it mm -hmm. and another response is you can worship about it mm -hmm. and That's so good. i want to i want to dive in and ask you steph where did your passion for worship mm -hmm. start and begin yeah, yeah. Um, so music was always in our home, always. Uh, we weren't a huge tech savvy family. I'm still not super tech savvy right now. Um, but uh, we had a family band growing up. Um, but that stemmed from my parents actually were a part of a band that actually was called the Gospel Express. They actually had eight tracks. If there's anybody listening to this podcast that even knows what that is. Um, they all were matching, you know, matching outfits. And um, actually, I just saw, helping my parents move, I just saw the or one of the dresses that my mom wore in, when she was doing that. Anyway, um, so music was just a huge expression and overflow and just a huge part of what we did day to day. We had, my mom had a piano um, that sat in our living room. And um, there's picture of, as a, pictures of us just all gathering around her, you know, the four of us girls and her playing the piano. And we're all just kind of singing around mom and whatever and so um, I can thank my mom and dad for just creating an environment where music was a value and a way of us expressing and connecting with each other but also connecting with God um, and then fast forward you know so that was when I was young and then in, I think I was in fifth grade or something uh, my parents and I were visiting my aunt and uncle in Oshkosh Wisconsin and uh, we went to a church service and, uh, you know, I was young, so I didn't really understand or see all that was happening or that really understand just the weight and the ministry that was taking place. Um, there was a man that came, I think he had cerebral palsy or he was paralyzed, just had tons and tons of physical struggles. And uh, he was ministering through music, you know, from the platform. Wow. And, oh boy, I hope I don't cry about this. <laughs> and um, my parents were so moved. <laughs> my parents were so moved by this man's faith and his um oh man <laughs> this is not planned his response hey, to uh, brenton just i have cried over this podcast <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> here's her welcome even by the men <laughs> my parents were so moved by this man's faith 
um, in Jesus and his, his, still his response in worship to God, even with the challenges that he faced. And uh, my parents had, like I said, traveled in a band and ministered through music um, before they had kids. And then the, the band kind of disbanded. And I think it was just maybe a struggle for them. Like, how do we still do music when we're in this stage of life? And how do we still minister to the way that we feel God's called us to in this season of life? And um, they ended up, we ended up leaving that church service and my parents were weeping. They were just so moved and so impacted by um, this man and his journey and his story and um, his faith. And I remember we sat in a restaurant for a long, 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 long time. And I was sitting with my grandma and grandpa because they were with us. And we, my grandma and grandpa thought that my, my parents were having marriage issues because they were sobbing in the car and not coming into the restaurant and just not understanding the ministering that God had done to their heart. Anyway, so that was a moment that they felt like the Lord was saying, Dave and Lori, I want you to start doing music again. And so we did, we did a, we had a family band. We were called God, God Song. Um, so we did that for several years. We just went to like nursing homes Wow. and state fairs and i remember we did a, a vacation bible school at a catholic church in our little town community in chippewa um and it was just so fun and you know sometimes challenging because we're all trying to figure out how this all goes but um it's just so many good memories of um, singing together as a family well then fast forward a couple more years you know my sisters go to college and it's just kind of harder to do family ministry and in my youth group um my youth pastor said hey steph we need someone to, to lead worship. Would you lead worship for us? And for me, it was kind of like a puzzle piece. It was like, I have a desire for music and there's a need. And so let's just put the two together and make it work, you know? And that was just a time where I was able to just practice. Mm. What does it mean to be a worship leader? And my youth pastor, Pastor Paul, he's now the senior pastor at my home church back home. Um, just an incredible man of God and huge on discipleship and he just was able to disciple me through pastoring, even like that role of what does it mean to pastor people to make room for if the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something. He was very much on um, the, whole, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And so um, every, just about every Wednesday, we would take time and try to facilitate and invite the Holy Spirit. What is it that you want to speak here and now? Um, he talked about, you know, whenever you gather together, there's, there's a word of prophecy or um, speaking in tongues. And so let's just give room for that. And so um, I thank my youth pastor for just giving us room and discipling me in that. And so um, throughout that time, I also had some opportunities in my um, uh, congregation on Sunday mornings. I was invited to lead worship um, a couple times when our music pastor was out of town. And there was one particular Sunday morning that I'll never forget. And um, I was leading worship with a guy, his name is Dennis, Dennis Roth, a sweet, sweet man of God, just gentle spirit, tenderhearted, oh, just amazing. Um, and we had known him our whole, basically my whole life I'd known him. I, was, I had the opportunity to lead worship with him. And um, that particular Sunday morning, we were just, you know, worshiping through song. And uh, I remember... Uh, my youth pastor at the time had come up on stage because he was leading the service that morning and said, I just really feel like we're supposed to just linger here and wait. And so we had ended up spending the whole morning in worship, um, in musical worship. Worship is word and song, but in musical worship we spent. And um, that morning was a pivotal morning for me. I had a man in my church. And I think this was the first time that someone like outside of the people that I knew affirmed um, music and that gifting in my life and uh, he wrote me a note 
and um, came up to me and gave me the note at the end of service. I don't even remember his name. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't even know his name. And the note that he wrote, and it was just, he said, Stephanie, God has called you to this. He's anointed you for it. And he said, wherever you, wherever you go, whatever team you lead, the, um, God's going to bless that. And uh, that for me was like, just a, it was a monumental moment. It was a, it was like, okay, God, is this, I think this is actually what you might be calling me to. And so it was just, um, yeah, I don't know. God, God just used that as a marker in my faith journey and my passion for music. And, um, from there I went to North Central and pursued music there. And that also was growing and shaping and molding for me. And I'm so thankful for professors who, um, were able to speak kindly and boldly and speak things into my life that I didn't even know are there or didn't believe that were there, that kind of thing. And so I'm just so thankful that God just literally puts people in your life along the way. I almost feel like they're bumpers on a bowling alley. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going down and I'm, I'm headed this direction. And then my bowl, my bowling ball kind of like veers to the left, but the bumper keeps me in line. And it's just like God uses those people to kind of keep us on the right course, you know? And so I'm just so thankful for people of God and the church for just being, being mouthpieces for what God wants to do. So. Steph, I think that's just an awesome reminder for all of our listeners out there that we all have an opportunity to speak life into mm -hmm. um, other individuals and we have the opportunity to receive those words that other people have, I don't know, maybe been downloaded into their heart, like a letter or something. And just even as a listener, yeah. to be reminded that God can use you and he can use others. And so all good. you have to do is be able to say yes and be obedient. And there's many times where I know that I've, you know, been prompted to say or do something for somebody and not knowing what a big thing it means to them or the repercussions of it if I do it or if I don't do it. Because there's plenty of yep. opportunities that I think that I have missed and God has spoken like, Mike, I gave you an opportunity to serve me and you, and you said no, you know? So just yeah. thinking of that gentleman who gave you that letter and you don't remember his name, you might not remember his face or whatever, but you do remember the words that he spoke. Mm -hmm. And as a listener, if you feel like you've had a word um, spoken over your life or if a prayer has been spoken over your life to start praying into that. It doesn't mean you have to receive it. And it doesn't mean that it starts tomorrow. Like Steph, if mm -hmm. you knew 10 years ago, what you'd be doing today, right? You had to say a lot of little yeses along the way. It's not like, yes, Lord, let's do this. It's okay. Right. One baby step at a time and one door at a time. And that's just kind of how yeah. God orchestrates yeah. and facilitates. And um, you've been on plenty of platforms. You've been on many stages. You've been in many settings by the sound of, sounds of it from a young age. Um, so I just want to hear, will you tell us your perspective from leading worship at our very first um, Young Adults Today conference at the Mall of America of this last spring of 2020. What was that like? That is something, that's something new for us. That's something new mm -hmm. for the attender. And that's something I believe it's new for you, obviously for that specific event. Can you tell us like maybe some things that God downloaded or spoke or what was your experience with that? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was awesome. If you weren't there, you got to come and sign up for next year. We'll just put that little plug in there for That's you. That's right. 2021, um, here we come. Um, yes, yes. 
Um, I just think that anytime that you're part of the beginning of something, sometimes that's hard. I feel like, you know, when, when we think about trying to jumpstart something, it's challenging, right? You're trying to get people on board, but I think what a sweet thing it is to come alongside. It was such a sweet thing for you to be alongside you and um, Josiah, Micah, um, just to be a part of the beginning. And I just really believe that we're going to be able to look back on those couple days that we had together in May at the Mall of America in this unfinished um, uh, room and just think and just see fruit in the future that comes from it. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. My favorite moment from that whole weekend uh, wasn't even technically supposed to happen. There was lots of changes that took place that weekend because of COVID and um, the things that were happening then and, you know, people not able to come because then their family was sick or they were sick and people not able to travel. And so um, Josiah had reached out to me. I don't know if it was like the day before the event when he had found out some changes and he was going to be sharing because he wasn't supposed to originally share it, right? Correct. Micah? Correct. Yeah, he was he just some special to, guest yeah. coming in and he got put on yeah. the spotlight. You were like, okay, stepping it up. Like, here we are. Yeah. Lord, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I remember saying to you guys, like the Lord isn't surprised by any of this. I just really believe that you know, he's not surprised. And so he's going to make good out of this crazy. And uh, he sure did. And so Josiah had reached out to me saying, Hey, Steph, would you, do you know the song, the blessing, which had just been released? Like, I don't know, the week before or something yes. that we, <laughs> it had been, on, it had been on repeat in our house because it, um, someone had shared it with me before. And so it was just such a, such a powerful song. So the blessing by Carrie Job, Cardi Carnes. And um, he said, Hey, Steph, would you, do you guys, do you know this song? Do you think you can pull it off? I was like, yes, you know? <laughs> and so my favorite moment was, um, Josiah had shared and he asked for me to just, for us to sing that over the people that were coming. Um, because everyone that came to the young adult, young adult conference, they want, they want to see God move in their ministries. They want to see God moving through their relationships. Right. And, um, we, they want to let God to bless will bless the things that they put their hands to. And so this was the opportunity in Josiah's response, the faith of a mustard seed. That's what you talked about. What could, you know, if we have a, the faith, the size of a mustard seed, what could God do with that? Um, Cause everything's got to start somewhere anyway. So uh, we just took time and Josiah just invited everyone. Hey, wherever you're at, will you just receive um, this song of blessing? And so it was almost like, it was more a prayer than a, than a song of worship, I would say. And it was just this time of like, God, would you bless the people that come to this? And that was my favorite moment, you know, because sometimes I think um, uh, in this day and age, a lot of things are hurried and rushed and we're, you know, um, confined by time and that kind of thing. And it was just an opportunity for us to say, hey, God, we want what you want. And would you bless us as we try our best and do our best to follow your leading? And so just to see the impact of even that moment, um, people across the room, you know, some people were kneeling, some people were standing and raising their hands and just saying, yeah, God, we want, we receive your blessing. Because Micah, you talked about this already too today. Like we have to be willing to receive the things that God has for us, right? We have to get ourselves out of the way. We have to get outside of our comfort zone and just say, God, we receive what you want us to receive. And so, and that was just an opportunity, I feel like that weekend of people just to receive, hopefully refreshment, but also yeah. the things that God has for them and the blessing, because God wants to bless us, you know, right, right. like he's, he's, he's not a father in heaven that's saying, Hey, who can I discipline today? No, he's saying, who can I bless? He's like, he's, he's got, 
you know, storehouses of riches, you know, and that sounds probably kind of easy and weird, but understand my thought. Like he wants to bless. He is a generous God. Uh, um, so Lord, help us to be in line with what, what you want so that you can also bless that. I hope that makes sense and doesn't sound. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was my favorite moment of the weekend. So honored to be a part of it. It was so cool to meet um, some people. I actually was able to connect someone. There was somebody listening um, to the podcast who is from Atlanta, and I had friends that were just moving to Atlanta, and so I was able to help make a connection there. I don't know what's happened with that relationship, but I said, hey, you should know this person. They're moving there, and he had a passion to um, just interconnect and network with people and pastors and leaders in the area. So I don't know what's come of that relationship, but able to even make that connection point. And that's what it's about, isn't it? The uh, conference, yep. the Today conference, Young Adults Today yep. conference is all about that. So um, anyway, it was a sweet thing to be a part of that, that weekend. <clears throat> it takes me back. It's, it's like, um, man, I, I had this moment in the Mall of America, the sixth floor, which I didn't even know there was a sixth floor. And then we toured it and it was like, this is going to be the space. Mm -hmm. Can we mm -hmm. use this space? Super yeah. rock, super industrial. And um, I, I just feel like that's young adult ministry in a nutshell because mm -hmm. it's super open. It's a blank slate and God loves to create. Right. Worship mm -hmm. is a melody of creation. And man, yeah. thanks for leading us to that moment and to this moment. Steph, it's, it's just so fun to, to do life and ministry with friends and that's been one of the joys for us to watch like yeah. us and you as, as you and Micah and then us, we were all on staff at Cedar Valley Church doing youth ministry for you guys, young adult ministry for us. Mm -hmm. You were involved in worship and then God birthed something called Mac Ministries. Can you mm -hmm. just share the journey? What's that been like for, for yeah. you and your husband the past couple of years? Yeah, yeah. I feel like as you guys are asking questions this morning and as words are coming out of my mouth and just trying to be sensitive to what the Lord's talking about, I, maybe there's somebody listening that's like in the middle of God's asking you to do something. He's calling you to step out in transition. And um, I want to encourage you to just do that. So um, anyway, so our, our, our story of how does Mac Ministries get started, we were on staff at a church, as you said, Josiah. And um, amazing church, love being a part of it, love our staff, love the people that we worked with. There was nothing like ugly happening behind the scenes. It was like we, you know, God had led us there and we were so honored to be a part of it. And for me, I remember um, in January of 2016, I was, I just had Everly in August. Um, sorry, that'd be 2017. I had Everly in 2016. So in January that 2017, I remember leading worship at a, at a women's night. It was she night or one night at the time. And um, I remember getting off the stage and just completely sobbing. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Why am I sobbing? Why do I feel this? I felt this unrest and I just felt like the Lord was like, your time here is done. That's what I felt like. And I'm like, that's not right because Mike is on staff here. And so I'm supposed to be on staff here. This doesn't make any sense. And I remember just feeling this like unsticking, this like ungluing in my heart just after I led worship and my passion is worship. I feel like the Lord's called me to do this. So like, why on earth, <laughs> why on earth would I feel this angst in my heart of like unrest? And, um, I got off stage. Someone's like, Steph, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know. And then she prayed for me. She's a, a dear friend of mine. And, 
um, I said, Lord, if this is you, you need to show me, you better show me if I'm actually supposed to be done here. Mm -hmm. Well then be careful what you pray people. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> because <happen. laughs> I, literally that, that next week I had participated in a study by Kelly Minter and it was the study, all things new and, um, very, it was like a video series. And the very first thing that she says is, I'm a musician and there was a season of my life that God asked me to step away from it. And I was like, uh-uh, this is not you, Lord. This is not you. <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, God, that was the first one. I was like, maybe this is actually what you're asking me to do. Like literally, I mean, clear as day. I don't know how more clear, how much more clear God could be. Like a parallel story of season where God's asking me to step out. I'm hearing from someone that said the same exact thing. Well, then I met with Pastor Rita Erickson, who, thank you, Jesus, for her life and um, yep. Yep. her ministry. Um, talk about a faithful woman of God and a woman of prayer. Oh, man. Um, she, I met with her because I just wanted to process some things. And um, in only a way that Pastor Rita could say, she said, Stephanie, you need to step down from your job. I was like, what? <laughs> Sign like number two, Steph. Can you not see the writing on the wall? Sign number two. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so I had someone else confirm it. Um, that was like, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to step down from my job, but it didn't make sense to me why I was supposed to do that. And met with my my boss and my leader, and I said, hey, this is the thing, and honored him and what he requested that I do in in the in the way out and when I should be done and that kind of thing. Well, then fast forward another month after I was done, Micah, my husband, then says, Steph, I've got no vision for fall. And Micah, like, oozes vision. He's always got ideas. He's always thinking about what's next and, you know, creative, all this. And it was like all of those creative juices had just stopped flowing, basically. And so that caused him to say, Lord, what is it? What are you doing here? What, what does this mean for me? And um, through prayer and um, have, sharing that with other people just felt like, okay, Lord, I think you're asking me now to step down from my job. Met with his senior pastor, our lead pastor executive. And um, just said, I don't know what this means. I don't know what's next for us, but we just feel this. And so they came alongside of us and prayed with us about what that looks like. Anyway, we were done. We thought we were ended up... Uh, an opportunity came to the surface and we thought they were going to be moving out of state to go accept a position somewhere else. And then the week after we were done with Cedar Valley, we got a phone call from that, from that guy that was going to be hiring us and said, Hey, Mike and Steph, I'm so sorry. The doors closed. And we're thinking, well, now what? <laughs> God, you led us this far, you know, and, and now what, you know? And so, um, we just felt like the Lord said, Micah, I'm Steph. I want you to pray. I want you to wait on me and I want you to fast. And in that season of, of waiting, um, there's a song by Bethany Dillon, actually, that the Lord had showed me earlier that spring, but it was, um, you can do more in my waiting than in my doing Oof. I could do. And so, um, and Brittany Cole, Alicia Britt Cole, um, she shows the anonymous yes. powerful, powerful book. That was the book that kickstarted Micah's Our Waiting and just talking about the season of winter, like there has to be this season of waiting for us to have spring, to have, to have fruit, to, have to be able to walk yeah. in the thing God's wanting us to do. So anyway, from there through prayer, God just began to open doors of opportunity. People, we didn't, ne we never picked up a phone call or sent an email. Um, people just started saying, hey, would you guys come and be a blessing and minister to our church? And uh, from there, literally God's filled our schedule and 
uh, all we just were obedient to what God asked us to do, which was just to wait, to pray, and um, let God do the heavy lifting. And we're so thankful. God's so faithful. And he did that for us. And so from that, literally waiting time, birth Mac Ministries, um, and we're passionate about just going wherever God wants us to go and we'll be whoever God wants us to be. So um, that's the story. Mac Ministries we've been doing now for uh, three years, which right. is crazy. I'm um, going up, coming up here on three years, actually at the release of this podcast, it'll be right at the three year mark. So uh, yeah, God's so faithful and it's fun. It's a journey. It's so fun. You know, we had like that season of transition for us was uh, like, we had people drop off bags of groceries on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we hadn't expressed the need of anything, but people had just felt led to do that. We got like some random checks in the mail from people like, Hey, we just feel like we're supposed to support you. Um, yeah. So it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I love it. And it's been fun to just have a little bit of a front row seat to, to watch to pray alongside you guys and just to be your friends is an honor and a joy and to see how like you guys don't market you don't promote your ministry you're not saying hey can we come it's really just and fasting Mm -hmm. and then the holy spirit just opens doors Mm -hmm. and he's Mm -hmm. guided and he's provided and it's been incredible to witness and watch and steph i think one of the one of my favorite moments and memories was a season over a decade ago now at the Egan campus at the time of Cedar Valley Church, they had two campuses. One was unused and in Egan for a while, and they were renovating like a youth building and stuff. This is right about the time where I met you. And yeah. like, so this, the high school youth group would meet in the Egan campus, kind of a large empty room that just like you could spread out and people would go, yeah. okay, so service was like seven to 8.30 or something. And then a lot mm-hmm. of people would go to Green Mill across the street for apps at like nine or whatever. But most, almost every week that I can remember, this deeply impacted my life. There was just um, something that happened where there was worship time, mm-hmm. like I had never experienced. And people would just linger in the mm-hmm. presence of God and they just stay mm-hmm. and wait and hear from God. And that was a season where I was seeking the Lord and trying to understand his will for my life and just mm-hmm. calling and everything. And I remember every Wednesday night, I just couldn't wait until the like untimed, unrestricted, just like extra waiting posture of kneeling yeah. before the presence of Jesus. And I remember there was a song that you would sing, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And just like, the more I seek you, God, the more I find you, the more I find you, Mm. the more I love you. And so like, I think just the posture of worship, the position Mm -hmm. of worship to this day, some of my best times are late at night with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, Hey, devos in the morning are awesome, but to have time where it's like, nothing else is going to change my schedule. I don't have to go anywhere. Yep. I don't want to miss anything. Lord, do you have anything to show me? So anyway, Steph, like that was so impactful in my life and God's always downloading new things to, to you. And Mm -hmm. I just want to lean in and ask, what has God been teaching you recently? What, what is God like downloading Mm -hmm. in your heart and mind, soul, spirit? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And I just want to hit on what you said, Josiah, 
worship, the pattern of worship is revelation and response, right? So worship is when God has revealed himself to us and our response to it. You can't have one without the other in worship, okay. right? You can't just respond and call that worship. Worship is an emotion. It's not music. It's not, um, you know, that kind of thing. It has to start. It actually, worship actually starts with Jesus. It yeah. starts with who God is, with um, the truth of him, his revelation of who he is, and then our response to that. So worship, I think it's, it's so much less about us than it is about leaving room for God. Now, there is a responsibility that we have in worship to respond, but it starts with Jesus. Um, so like you said, um, I, I think just with worship, the question I ask, you know, is like, are we making room for God to reveal himself to us mm -hmm. in, you know, there's a lot happening right now in our society and in our culture and in our community and specifically right now. And um, I could go on and just, you know, forget God and just spew out my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own emotions and all that kind of thing. But I must to be in line with Jesus, to enable to adequately and effectively worship and honor God and honor others, I have to pause and say, God, what's your heart on this? I need you to reveal yourself so that I know my, what my response should be. And so it goes hand in hand. Anyway, so um, what God has been downloading to me recently is uh, this question, and it's uh, what I've been pondering in my heart has been this, is what does love look like what does love look like because when I think about love and um you know <laughs> I think of like banners and signs you know we see in history books of like love peace you know just all these kinds of things it has all of these connotations and associations with it but when we think about what true love is I just can't help but think about first Corinthians 13 4 through 8 right and that's like the love chapter that's shared at lots of weddings, which is a powerful thing, you know, but actually that's a, a, um, an urge and encouragement to the church of how we are to love each other, but also love the world. And I just want to, can I share this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the message version of it. And it says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for yourself. Love, it doesn't want what it doesn't have. It doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. And so when I think about love, I just keep saying, like, in this time of chaos and crazy and division, you know, even within the church, which just totally grieves my heart, I think, Jesus, what would your response be? Mm -hmm. Well, how would you you know, and when we look at Jesus's life and look at the way that he loved others, um, I, I, I just, it is countercultural the way that he loved others. You know, I think right now there's so much happening, like, well, you, you know, tell everybody what you think and you, you know, yeah, <laughs> you haven't heard my side of the story though. And like, when we look at Jesus, right. here was an innocent man, an innocent man who, stood in the gap for us right you know he had every right to say to us well i never did that to you or i never did that 
but you did that. Like he had every right to exploit all of our sins, to spell out all of our shameful things that we've done. He could have highlighted from the heavens yeah. all of the ways that we screwed up. And yet he didn't even choose to do that. His response was love, which was, Hey, you're forgiven. Wow. And he just lived, lived this life. You know, he went, we were deserving of the cross and like, God help us to have an understanding of that revelation. Like you went to the cross for us. You sat, you, you took that punishment that we, that belonged to us, <laughs> you know, and you, you did that for us. And I think an amazing thing, I don't know if you guys have watched the movie, the shack, there's a scene in the movie. Um, there's a scene in the movie and it's um, putting this man who had horrible things happen to his daughter and he struggled with anger and rage and wanted to, you know, kill the person that, you know, did awful things to his daughter. And in this, in the movie, in this scene, he's put on the judgment seat and said, okay, you judge every person that's around you. You judge their motives. You, you know, determine whether they deserve heaven or hell. And he had this realization of like, that is not my role. Like my job is not to judge, you know, the amazing thing about Jesus, the amazing thing about God, the father and Holy spirit is that he came not only for the victim, but the countercultural thing is that he also came for the perpetrator mm-hmm. and um, Lord help us like Lord help us, you know, and uh, give us wisdom. And so, you know, we, we look at Jesus on the cross and there's two um, people, one on this right and one on this left. And one of them scoffed at him and said, Jesus, you deserve this, ah, you know, whatever. But the other one's response was, I was deserving of this. Right. And you were an innocent man. So Lord, forgive me. And Jesus said to this guy who was punished, who was a perpetrator, you know, and he said, tonight, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And this is just a mind blowing picture for me that God, your love, there is no place that your love can't reach. There's no person that your love can't reach, you know, and help us as believers, as Christian leaders, as a son and a daughter of God, help us to live out that same kind of love, you know, and uh, Lord knows if all the things that I did that grieved the heart of God, and if that was put out on social media for everyone to see, like, oh, Lord, you know, I'd have a lot of fingers pointed my way too, you know, which each and each and every one of us would as well. So my, the question and what I feel like the Lord has just been really challenging me with and downloading in me is just what does love look like? Love looks like Jesus, you know, which is so countercultural, which is so goes against our flesh and how, you know, love isn't, love isn't fair, <laughs> right? It wasn't fair that Jesus went to the cross. Um, it wasn't fair that he took on our stuff, you know, and so just as we, as we've received love, we also need to give love and Lord teach us how to do that. And, um, yeah, so Philippians two also has just, um, been a powerful thing. And I also want to just, um, share one more thing. Ryan Skoog, uh, founder, co-founder of venture, amazing, amazing man of God. He married me and Micah, uh, he shared this, um, peace prayer with me. It's the peace prayer of St. Francis. And this has kind of just been the prayer of my heart. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled, 
as to console. Help me to understand rather than being understood, to love rather than being loved. For it is in my giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So, um, yeah, Lord, teach me, teach me to love like you love, you know, unadulterated, untainted, unconditionally. Um, love is a powerful thing, you know. Love is what conquers hatred. Love is, you know, hatred doesn't drive out hate, as Martin Luther King Jr. says, you know. It's love that's going to conquer. So, and Jesus was that perfect example and perfect picture for us. So help us to look like Jesus. Cause when we look like Jesus, we're going to look like love. So. I think that's an amazing challenge for every single one of us to not hand out love or decide who, who we can love or who we shouldn't love or how we should love or how we can withhold love from those around us. And as a leader, like we have an opportunity to fall madly in love with Christ and to point people to him. I think sometimes we look around, you know, we can, we can think that we have that right to do that. You know, just like that guy was on the stand if that in that um, movie, the shack and mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of like, let the first person throw the stone who doesn't yeah. have sin. It's like, okay, we all have stones in our pockets. We all have them yeah. in our pocket, but we should not be tossing them, you know, yeah. and to be able to love like Christ's love, I think is a great challenge. Um, and setting aside our differences, whatever they may be and get into the word of God to understand how did Christ love? I mean, he was willing to love the church. He was willing to love us. He was willing to be on the cross, you know, to, to bridge that gap past, present and future. And I think sometimes we forget the present and future, you know, no matter what happens, even tomorrow, God is already meeting me there. And Steph, you have the power to um, say yes to Christ and you have the ability to bring worship and bring music into settings, onto stages, into the hearts of those around and call down heaven and almost be um, almost that middleman of really just preparing the atmosphere for what God wants to do when you are, you know, on a church stage or you are at a conference or I just know that God has completely anointed your voice and your yeah. ability to to sing and play instruments and everything else. And if you could tell young leaders um, something about worship, what do you wish every young leader knew about worship, whether it's the power of worship or like the role of worship? What do you yeah. like? what, like, what is that, how does that resonate with your soul as a worship leader and just a pastor in that position to call down heaven and kind of yeah. set the tone, I guess, for a lot of people in different yeah. things, you've had the opportunity to do that. And that's a heavy weight to bear without putting your name on it and constantly pointing them to Christ, you know? So can you expound mm. on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great, great question. Um, I think that, uh, you know, worship, gathering together to worship through song and through word um, must be, it must be an extension and an overflow of what is taking place already in our life. Um, You know, worship is life. Todd Marshall, uh, he's an incredible leader on worship and teacher on worship. He talks about his whole motto is worship is life. You know, it's an, it's a revelation. So every day um, God reveals himself to us and um, our response is, you know, is that part of that worship. And so when I think about, you know, I I think some people can get there. So up in arms about, you know, the way that our corporate worship uh, looks like what it should sound like that kind of thing. But 
I think it's maybe because we've lost the focus of what worship really is, you know, worship is, uh, you know, God says, love one another. So our response should be, how do we best love each other? You know, even in, in, in our corporate church worship setting, how do, how do we honor each other and um, seek to understand and to put our other people before ourselves? Um, and so if we're having a, a worship is life model, then a Sunday morning, you know, 20 minutes of worship should be no big deal. Like I can set aside my own preferences, um, um, you know, to honor God and to honor other people. Um, but I do think, you know, worship is life, but I do think, and I, I, I want leaders to, to know <laughs> and understand that that corporate worship of song together is a powerful thing. I can't tell you the number of times, and this happened very strongly for me. The impact of this was very strong. I lead, got to lead worship at a minister spouse retreat last, this past January, uh, honored to do so and be a part of that. Um, but, you know, as a worship leader, I have a unique advantage and a unique vantage point, actually, just even from the platform, seeing people in the congregation. Now, you know, this, um, this unique setting was that it's all of these ministry leaders, right? Um, and I think there's ministry leaders watching, listening to this podcast right now that, you know, there's church pastors listening to this podcast right now. And you know, the weight that you carry as a pastor, you know, the challenges of trying to accommodate, to meet, to help so many different people that are all facing such different situations. Mm -hmm. And then you yourself also as a pastor have personal struggles, you know? So for me, it's such a powerful thing. Like just this last January, I'm looking out and someone was sitting in the back right corner and I knew the challenges that they were facing. I knew they had some incredible health issues and some incredible financial issues. And because of that, it was also affecting um, their decisions as a church that they had to make. And here I see this woman and her husband lifting their hands towards heaven and saying, Jesus, you're faithful mm -hmm. and you are our provider and you are our healer. And seeing that is a powerful thing. And that spurs me on as yeah. it should everyone in your church. Right. So like the Bible says, don't forsake meeting together. Don't forsake gathering together, you know, and it is such a powerful thing. And I think the beautiful thing about music specifically the musical aspect of worship is that music is like allows us to express our feelings in this way like you can listen to an instrumental song and you can feel feelings you know even without words right but then if you're to find music and you partner it with the truth of who god is and what he says what an incredible impact god created music right that wasn't some man-made thing no god created music god created sound and here we are able to use that as an expression um, to give God thanks and, and to increase our faith. And so um, what I wish every young leader knew about worship and what that means is that it is more than just a 20 minute set, but also that 20, 30, 45 minute set of Sunday morning is such a special concentrated time that we get to look at our congregation, that we get to look at our fellow brothers and sisters and say, Hey, I'm with you, or I've, I, feel, I feel low in the faith, but I'm going to look to my sister and my brother on my left and say, because of your faith, I have faith. Like, right. we can spur each other on in that time. And um, there is, we, I would say this one thing as a challenge, we must be 
we must be very intentional about the songs that we sing and the words that we say, because the things that we proclaim, the thing that we sing, they, um, you know, you can like, I can tell you numbers of songs that I learned when I was growing up, good and bad, right? I learned a song on a school bus that probably wasn't very good, <laughs> but I have those lyrics that I can still pull from my brain from, you know, 20 years ago. But just as much as powerful is that we can pull songs like Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, you know, like, songs like I am chosen, I am free, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been set free, like amazing grace, how sweet the sound. When we, when we have songs, there's such a huge part of forming even our worldview to forming our ideas of other people of who God is and who that we are. And that's a huge, huge part of who we are as children and as the body of Christ. So um, be very, very intentional with the songs that you sing, the lyrics that you're saying, because they shape you know, we might, as a leader, we might have an understanding of who God is and a full picture of, of, of that. But if our songs don't explain that, mm-hmm. um, because there's people that sometimes their relationship with Jesus just is that 20 to 30 minute or that 60 minute service. And so are we giving them tools to um, understand more of who God is um, and having those lyrics, you know, stick in their minds and in their hearts that would help shape their understanding and their theology really so um that's 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 it yes i think the word that just resonates with my heart in this second the most right now is theology because it's the study of god it's the understanding of god Mm -hmm. and there's even a theology and a framework to worship i love that in history david this king, the shepherd boy, he was one of the first people that we have documentation of that mixed music, a melody with like songs mm. and like the harp or these, these, he's, he documents in Psalms, like, and, and his life, he would have musicians as he was king play. And then he wrote these Psalms. He was almost like a Bob Dylan balladeer. <laughs> like he had just the gift of songwriting, the gift of poetry and prolific words and and powerful words that he would pen and then he'd sing them with musical worship Mm -hmm. and and it's so deep and powerful and you're right that the words that we say Mm -hmm. about God and and the things that we worship are massive they're they're vitally important so amen to that and Steph, we also have something that we get to study about you for a second and learn a little bit more about you to follow you as you follow Christ. Five thoughts, five minutes, we call it the five in five. And so we'll ask you five questions in five minutes. There's a timer. You up for that? No, no, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Are you up for that challenge? I'm up for it. Cool. I know this is the question that you have been looking forward to the most. Oh, no. And by that, I'm being facetious. I'm kidding. Um, if you could describe yourself to audience in three words, what would they be? Yeah. Oh, man. Sensitive, <laughs> um, caring, and uh, uh, oh, man. Ah! I love to serve. So I would say servant minded, but I feel like even saying that it just makes you feel like, look how humble I am. You know, like that's what it makes me feel like. Yeah. I'm definitely very sensitive and I love to care for people and I do love to serve people. So sensitive, caring, and servant hearted, servant minded. I would, I would agree with those stuff. That's definitely described. Okay. Me. That's awesome. In addition to that stuff, are there any words that you live by? Like, do you have an anthem that's resonates within your yeah. lifestyle and your heart? 
Yeah. Um, this is a prayer that I pray just about every day and my worship team probably knows it and they might get sick of it, but a prayer that I pray, uh, some words that I live by is God, have your way in me, have your way through me and have your way all around me. Wow. Cause I don't want to be limited by just the way that God can use me. I want him to be able to, um, you know, use other people and do his thing. So that's awesome. That's good. This is the curveball for you and for us. We've been asking you questions it's yes. your time. If you could ask us one question a day, Steph, what would it be? Yeah. Yes. Here's my question. Um, would, is there, sorry, what prayers have you been praying over your daughter, Aurora? Oh man. Amen. I'll go first. I'll go first because it them. is, it's so she's a daughter. I'm holding her right now just because we're at home and coronavirus is still happening all around our world. And just anyway, She's been a great girl. She's so calm and cuddly. cuddly. She is a cuddle bug. Cuddle bug. So um, had this moment at Passion, which is a worship conference, and Carrie Job was actually leading worship. And we didn't know the gender of our baby at the time. Mm -hmm. We knew we were pregnant and expecting. Um, and just the idea of God's presence being her favorite place. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I've already realized we're like a couple, like a month and a half into parenting, but I've realized how imperfect and impatient I can be, but how patient and perfect our father is. Right. And so I'm just like, God, help me not mess this up. But at the same time, God, can I introduce our daughter to you? And can she be a worshiper for you, Lord Jesus? And so I think if it could be said of me and of Aurora and of Micah here, like that God's presence was our favorite place. We don't want to miss a moment. God, is there anything you want to show us? We're available. Like what Samuel was taught, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. So among many other things, that's my heart. It's funny that's because good. I just asked Josiah, I was like, what is one thing you want to teach our daughter? Like as she grows, mm -hmm. as she develops. And he answered that question. And I was pondering like what my question was. And I was just evaluating the prayers that I've been praying. And one of my biggest prayers um, and one of the biggest needs I see in young adult ministry that I want to teach her early on is my prayer for her is that she hears the voice of God and she can discern yeah. the voice of God, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which I think is, you know, you know, imperative to how is she seeking the will of God? Is she in the word of God? And does she have a, um, a setting where she can do that and feel safe as a toddler, as a preschooler, as a kindergartner, as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, you know, and then beyond that. So I think my biggest prayer has been, Lord, like I want her to be able to discern and hear the voice of God um, and not to confuse that with the words of the world, not to confuse it with the lies of the enemy, but to know the good, perfect God that we serve. And um, yeah, so that's kind of been my most recent overarching prayer um, the last probably five and a half weeks. So that's what I've been praying. All right, so we've come to question number four, right? Yeah. Okay, go this one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Steph, would you be willing to let our listener and us in on one of your most epic failures that you've experienced, maybe in life, maybe in leadership, ministry, maybe on the home front? Who knows? We have listeners, and we love to learn from other people's mistakes that we can learn from and laugh at later. <laughs> yes, yes. Let me... She has kiddos in the background. It's okay. <laughs> They're ringing the doorbell. Um, 
Okay. Big failure. You know what? Yes. I used to struggle so much with transition between worship, musical worship into like greeting time. And I cannot tell you the number of times that, um, I said the wrong thing. I made a funny face. I fumbled over my words. Um, just a fail. Like, I just felt like those, every one of those moments were failures. And, um, I just, words were always hard. I'm like, give me scripted words. <laughs> give me. <laughs> and you guys can't cut this part out on the podcast. <laughs> It's too fun. We go with the flow. It's raw. That's your that's your buzzer going off. You have five minutes. That's the warning sign. Ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So I just felt like every one of those moments was a failure moment because it just felt like words were, you know, just so hard for me. Give me scripted lyrics and I'll sing that and that's cool. Or um, and I just learned from a dear friend of mine, her name's Maddie Reimer. She talked, you know, I just learned from her because she, I see her and she's just herself. She doesn't try to be anybody that she's not. Mm -hmm. And I remember just one, one moment, like seeing her lead worship for a bunch of ladies. And I was like, and she was just so natural and so sweet and just herself. And there was no disconnect in her, in her personality from on stage to off stage. And I was like, I'm just going to start being me rather than feeling like I need to sound like Greg, my boss, or sound like so-and-so who talks like this way. I'm just going to like just feel free to talk how I would normally talk on stage. And as soon as I felt that freedom to do that, like my whole, that whole, that whole section of the morning service completely changed for me. So I'm thankful for, for people that I got to learn from and um, for those moments of failure that felt like so embarrassing time and time again. So fun. So special. Thanks for going there. Last question to wrap things up and tie a bow on this amazing episode. Steph, if you could tell a group of college pastors young adult ministry leaders, one thing, um, just to leave them on, on one note, Steph, what would you, what would you maybe share with our, our listeners today? Great question. I wrote this down because I didn't want to take, I didn't want to forget anything, but this is my encouragement. We can take God at his word so that when he says go, you can trust him and go. When he says wait, you can trust him in the waiting. Because I know that my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So don't worry about what you eat, what you will drink, or what you wear. Um, and Ephesians 3.20, it says, for, for God's own glory, he is able to. And when we let him take the reins, he can accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask, think, or even imagine. So be encouraged. Whatever God's asking you to do, you can do it. You can trust him. He can be trusted. His promises never fail, and he's so good to us. Amen. Steph, we just want to say thank you. What a great conversation we've had today. Thank you so much for joining us, listeners. Hopefully you can take something away from worship or apply it or learn something from us and our mistakes. But we want, if you want to find out more about Steph McDonald or the Mac Ministries, you can do that when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today, as well as our social media across all platforms at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah Keneally hosting. Hope you're having an awesome day. Happy Friday, and Steph, thank you once again. Thanks for having me. It was such an honor to be a part of this. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting judged up right now.